I'm Riley. And I'm Ronnie. And this is the Plan to Eat podcast, where we have conversations about meal planning, food, and wellness to help you answer the question, what's for dinner? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Plan to Eat podcast. Today, we get to share an interview that we did with Anna Reed. She is one of our blog contributors over on the Plan to Eat blog, and it was so nice to chat with her today. Yep. We got to talk to her about her story, how she got into baking, um, her favorite flavors, experiences she's had baking for events. And just, it was a really fun conversation to hear about how she's grown her baking expertise over time and how, honestly, how her like experience um, as an engineer has really integrated into it. I really enjoyed the conversation and makes me really want to go bake something delicious. Well, Anna, thanks for joining us today on the Plan T Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you guys. We are so excited about it too. So for anybody who doesn't know, Anna is one of our bloggers and she makes the most delicious looking desserts for our blog. We love it um, and we hope you love it too. <laughs> so we're excited to interview you, her and share all about her with you. So why don't we jump in and Anna, tell us your bio. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's just been a joy to work with y'all over the last couple of years and then just to come on the podcast and just talk face to face and share my story. It's so fun. Um, but growing up, my mom was always in the kitchen, always baking. Like I just remember she would always invite us in too to help as kids. And so like from the time that I was little, like there's this picture of me standing on a chair covered in chocolate as like a four-year-old or something, just like having the best day ever. And so she was always just very like good about bringing us in and letting us help from a little small age. And so I think that like really kind of started my journey with baking. So like growing up, we would always kind of do that together. She would make us like awesome birthday cakes. Um, I remember in like seventh grade, we had to do this science project and make like a we're making like a cell, like a model of a cell or something. And I chose to do a cookie cake. And so I did like a cookie cake and I decorated it, like all the different like things in the cell. Can't even remember them now, but um, so like it was just something that I did growing up. And then once um, I had my own kitchen, so like went to college, graduated, got my first apartment. That's kind of when I started doing a little bit more on my own and just kind of branching out and some things. And I started small with just like cakes for different reasons or cookies but it was just really fun to learn um and then one year my parents gifted me this cookbook and it's called baking by better homes and gardens and so i started looking through it i was like this looks fun like there's a lot of things in here that i haven't tried before i was kind of wanting to branch out and do new things and so i just started looking through it i was like okay well how can i do this like how can i learn these things and we had just recently moved to a new town. We just moved to Charleston, South Carolina. And so I had a little bit more time on my hand because I wasn't working yet. I was still looking for a job. And so I was like, well, I'm going to start like a challenge for myself. I'm going to just say, Anna, you can do this. You're going to bake one recipe a week, something new, something different out of this book. And then I was like, okay, well, I need a little bit of accountability because I just need that was just my personality. I just need something to kind of pull me accountable. And so if you guys have ever seen like the movie, Julie and Julia. Yeah. Where yeah. She bakes through that cookbook yeah. uh, by Julia Child. I had like recently seen that. I was like, you know what? I can do that with this book. Like 
I'm not going to do every recipe, so not quite the same. And I don't have like this awesome role model to look up to, but I'm going to like bake my way through this book. And so that's what I did. I started a blog and I just like would post like every Friday, I would do a new recipe and post it. And so I learned so much. Like we had, um, there were so many new things I got to try. We had so many baked goods in our house that we were able to give away to people. <laughs> like it was just a really fun season. I had a lot of fails, a lot of things that I just didn't go well. Um, but that kind of just like got me in a rhythm of baking regularly um, and trying new things and kind of challenging myself. And so I did it. I made it through the whole year and I was like, this was really fun. It was cool to kind of like get to share that with people too, like maybe back home who could like see what I was making mm -hmm. or like friends in town who I could just like bring it over and be like, look, here, try this out. Let me know what you think. Um, and so it was fun to just share that with people. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, that's awesome. You unlocked this like core. Well, I don't know if core memory is right or not, but you unlocked this deeply buried memory in my mind because I also made a cake that was a cell. That's um, amazing. It wasn't a cookie cake. Mine was actually, I think it was a, I think it was just a regular cake that I like iced white and then used like different kinds of candy for the different parts of the yeah. cell. And it it's buried deep in my mind. Did you ever have to do that in school, Ronnie? I... I feel like I probably had to, do, I think I had to do some, some project related to that, but I don't think I made a cake or anything for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know like that's- Mine was uh, probably just like paper mache or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. Well, I, I just love that we both did that. Um, okay. So I'd also, I just love your story with your mom and how she was very unafraid to have you guys in the kitchen. The, the minute you said that there's a photo of you covered in chocolate, like there's part of me that like cringes a little bit because I'm like, oh my gosh, then she's going to have to throw her in the bathtub. And then she's going right, to what right. does this cleanup process look like? But, um, but that's like hugely impactful to your story of just like building that block, building blocks of baking in your childhood. Um, and that makes me feel like, okay, this is a big deal. I should probably like, not be so afraid of the mess. But uh, if you want to share that photo with us, we'd love to see it. Yes, I can <laughs> dig that up for sure. I think I would. <laughs> That's fun. When you went to college, did you did you go to school for bakery science? Is that what your background no, is? In? Not at all. Um, I studied industrial engineering, and that is very very far from baking and cooking and all of that. But I enjoyed it. Early, I worked in the field for several years before we had our first kiddos and I stayed home. But yeah, I was just an engineer who baked. Um, and actually, we I've met a lot of different engineers who have a lot of other interests. And so it was kind of cool to like get to share that with people at work too. Because a lot of times if I had like leftover things from the week, I would just bring them into work. A lot of times I would see them with my husband too, who's awesome an engineer. And so he would start work on an earlier shift and have to be there at like six in the morning. So he'd be bringing like sugary sweet treats, like really early in the morning. Like he's arriving at six, like getting <laughs> up at like four and five. Um, and they would be gone by like 630. Like people <laughs> just like demolish this stuff like way early in the morning. I was just blown away. I was like, no way. It's gone before people normally eat breakfast. But yeah, so my field is is not in baking, but um, that's kind of why I wanted to challenge myself to like grow and learn more because I didn't have like that science background. There is a lot of science into baking. And so it's been fun to gradually learn that as I've gone. And it's been a process, a lot of like reading cookbooks or um, 
finding stuff online. There's like a plethora of information out there and just a lot of trial and error too. Just trying it out, seeing if it works. If it doesn't, trying something else. Yeah. I don't think they're that far apart. You said that it's like totally different, but being so detail oriented i feel like that's you know engineers are so detail oriented because you have to be it's like so exact and to me um particularly with like the kinds of things you put on our blog it's like they're so everything you do is so beautiful it's like so like just like measured perfectly your photos are beautiful like i'm thinking in particular about that uh, the fruit pizza you did and how perfectly all the fruit was like laid on the top yeah. of the cake i'm like to me they they connect and like your detail orientedness because I know that's a word. Um, it really does connect and it probably makes you a better baker because you're not just like winging it like which mm. is a little bit more my personality in baking is like oh, we'll just wing it and you're like yeah measuring like where mm -hmm. is this kiwi gonna go? You probably used a ruler <laughs> like. <laughs> um, I think I did use a ruler for the dough, but not for the laying the fruit out. But yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Riley. And there are some similarities for sure. Yeah. And I am a very like detail-oriented person and um my husband would say I kind of struggle with perfectionism a little bit um and so like but that does factor into baking and cake making and decorating and stuff like yeah. that too and just how how I address those things and there's a lot of different ways to do it but yeah I, I kind of go that route yeah <laughs> I was gonna say in my mind I view that I view engineering as like a a career that involves a lot of precision. So to me, I see the correlation in this like precision aspect of, yeah. you know, baking is a very precise science. If you are, yeah. you know, trying to get like, you're trying to come out with this perfect outcome of this extra fluffy yeah. cake or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 There is a lot, a lot of science in it for sure. Like, um, just making sure like your ingredients are the right temperature to use so that they come together the right way. Um, making sure that you have the right amount of your ingredients because that affects the overall texture or rise or like your leavening agent. And so there, there is a lot of science in it. And I am a person who follows the recipe. I'm not quite the like just wing it in the kitchen person. So yeah, baking is more my thing when it comes to like making just like a recipe for dinner where it's just like just wing it. That is more of like a struggle for me. So like it's kind of cool to see like how different people approach the kitchen. Um, and are just like skilled in so many different ways. Cause yeah, I kind of thrive with a recipe. I like my recipes being able to follow them and stuff. <laughs> it's good. Well, that will certainly resonate with people. I, I, I think that's why I like to cook more because I can just throw stuff together and we'll see what yeah. happens and tweak it as we go. And with baking, you can't really tweak it. Um, cause you know, you, you have to put it in the oven or you have to, you know, the, the thing's going to happen at the end when all the chemical reactions have happened and it, you know, it's going to be done. Whereas with cooking, I feel like it's never really done until you're like eating it. <laughs> like you can still salt it. Like you could still like hot sauce, you know, like, yeah. um, it's funny though. Cause when I'm pregnant, I want to bake and I don't know why. I don't know if it's cause I want treats, but like, I suddenly want to like start baking. It's very weird. Um, anyway, that was a rabbit trail. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I actually think that it was from, so I think it was last year in 2021 when we did the baking basics mm -hmm. month with you. And I feel like that was actually the first time that I had ever learned that the temperature of ingredients was really important. In a lot of baking recipes, they say, you know, have your eggs at room temperature, have your butter at room temperature, you know, whatever 
um, the specific things are. And I have always taken it as like, this is a suggestion. But then I'm always the person who's frustrated, like, okay, well, I made these cookies last week and they were like fluffy. And then I made them today and they're flat. Like, well, what's the difference? And uh, and so yeah. it was it wasn't until I read some of your blog posts that you made for us about, you know, like some of these ideas of like how it really is important to pay attention to what the recipe says when you're mm-hmm. baking that I had this epiphany of, oh, that's why when I bake things there, there is no consistency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that that was helpful. Yeah. It's been, it's been a learning experience to kind of like try those things out and like see the science behind them and how they actually work. And it, yeah, it does make a difference because if your butter is um, really cold, then it's not going to be as cohesive of a mixture. It's not going to be evenly spread throughout the batter. And that will create differences when it's cooking in the oven. But if it's that right temperature where you just kind of like touch the butter with your thumb and get a little indent, but it's not squishing everywhere, but you get an indent, then you know you're good to go because it'll kind of spread. You can just get it in your mixer and get it mixed around and um, you'll just have a very cohesive thing going. Yeah, it will just be a more even, ready bake. Um, so you may not know the answer to this, but why would you want your eggs to be room, te- room temperature? Is it the same reason? Yeah, it's pretty much the same reason. You just kind of want all, unless there are some specific recipes where they might tell you to do it differently, and those will have like a reason behind it. But overall, your eggs too, you want them to be the same temperature so that they will mix into that butter and sugar mixture mm-hmm. as well. Because um, if they're really cold, they're going to want to like together with themselves and like oh there's some hot stuff over there i don't know like mix it <laughs> um yeah just if everything's the same temperature it'll just be a lot more cohesive and awesome yeah so now that you're done with your cookbook challenge for yourself where do you get um recipe information or recipe inspiration from like when you write recipes for our blog yeah so there's a lot of different ways sometimes i find myself just thinking back to like um old family recipes that's kind of like where I start sometimes just thinking about like okay what was what was in my home growing up or like what is what was in my husband's home or like my grandparents even like kind of going really back and seeing really old recipes is really interesting to me sometimes and then Instagram is great um just like seeing just different things that people are creating um or Pinterest would be the same I I really like Instagram and Pinterest for like decoration ideas, maybe not for recipe ideas so much, but there's like, it's just so cool to see all the different like things that people create and the different decorations they kind of come up with. So that's like a cool source of inspiration. Also like whatever seasonal is a big Mm. one too. So like right now it's fall. And so that makes me think of like, or it's almost fall and think of like going to pick apples. And so like, okay, what can you make with that? Like caramel apple cookies or something. I know that's one that I made for you guys. And I made that after I tasted it at an apple orchard. Like I, we had just like gone and picked apples and like went to their little store and they had these cookies. And I was like, this is delicious. I've never had these before. So I went home and I was like, how can I recreate this? And so that's kind of like how it goes for me sometimes, just like seeing what's seasonal. Maybe I've had something that was delicious or seen something and just trying to kind of recreate that in my own kitchen. Other than that, maybe just like asking my kids. I've got two kiddos and um, they always come up with just crazy ideas. And so it's fun to just ask them, what do you think would be fun? What should we do here? Um, And we do not go with all the ideas that they come up with, but sometimes it's fun to chase after that and make something fun so yeah just kind of if there's 
an event that I'm baking for, a lot of times it'll have a theme and that will kind of like shape what I'm going to do. But yeah, I hope those are some helpful answers. Just kind of a lot of different ways, things that I see going on around me. What kind of events do you bake for? Um, or how do you bake for? I have baked for several different things. So when, in the beginning, I guess I've never really advertised for myself, but um, just through word of mouth and just through like sharing things that I've had with people, people have learned, like, oh, Anna bakes. Um, and so like if they have a birthday coming up or a retirement party or just like a little get together, like, you know, what do you think about this? What can we make? Can you do some cookies for my little girl? Can you make a birthday cake for my son? Um, and so that's kind of how like I've started just like word of mouth and just um, friends, whenever they have an occasion, they just ask. And probably the most recent thing was like a retirement party for our pastor at church and so I just made like a they were already going to have a table of cookies there and they needed something to kind of tie in like the theme of the night um and so they had like a little logo so I made a cookie cake and just put that logo on the top just using icing um and so that just kind of like tied everything together and so I've also done some weddings and that was a really fun experience so it's kind of just People coming to me and asking, I'm not really like going out and marketing myself much, but yeah, people ask me and if I'm available, then it's really fun to get to bless them in that way. And it's an enjoyable thing for me. That's awesome. Have you made like a multi, a multi-tier, like pretty big wedding cake before, or uh, are the things that you do more like cupcakes or what's that? I have actually, yes. Um, So I've done two three-tier wedding cakes and that was for two different events uh, and actually those were also gluten-free and dairy-free and so that was a cool experience for sure there's a lot that goes into like preparing for a wedding that's a big thing in someone's life and so like you want it to just come out perfect um, and so there was like a lot of talking with that bride and the groom and their families beforehand and seeing like, okay, well, what, what do you envision for your perfect day and for your cake? And how many people are going to be there? What flavors are you thinking about? Do you have any allergies? And so there's just like a lot of conversation on the front end, just figuring out, okay, well, what do you need? And then me taking a step back and saying, okay, is this something that I can do? Mm. Um, Am I equipped to do this? Do I have recipes for these things that you're looking into? Do I... Can I, like, is your decorating style my decorating style? When is the event? Like, am I available on that day? Like, there's just like a lot to consider. And then it gets down to like making a quote, which was honestly the hardest part for me, just valuing your work, valuing Mm. your time, and then putting the right price down on paper. And so that's another side of baking that I hadn't really thought about before I started baking for people is like the monetary side of it but it's like a huge thing to consider because especially if you're looking into those like recipes that are more allergens for specific ingredients get really expensive really fast and so um, you need to be aware of what you're spending so that you can value your time and your product well and if you're going to get any kind of profit you have to just kind of be aware of that all along the way. It was a really fun experience getting to do those weddings. So after the hard part was done of figuring out those things and their requirement, it just got down to like, okay, let's just make some cakes and let's try it out. I did a lot of test runs. So the first wedding cake that I did, 
the couple was gluten and dairy free. And that was completely new for me at the time. And so I was very upfront with them at the beginning. And I said, look, I am willing to work on this, but I'm let you know it's something that I've not like done before, especially dairy free. Um, and so they kind of let me know. They're like, well, we're totally fine if you want to try out some different recipes and come back to us. And so we did that. Like I tried out some things, um, try out a lot of different like gluten-free products that are already like available on the shelf in your grocery store. And that was really helpful. And then tried to find like a really good solid dairy-free butter. That was the hard thing. I ended up finding one at Whole Foods. They have a brand called Mykonos. I hope I said that right. But it was the most texture wise it was the most similar to regular butter and so that really played into the buttercream because you needed that same similar texture and also it was they have one that's specifically for baking so it was salted and mm. so that made a huge difference in a buttercream because you don't want salty buttercream <laughs> i don't think anyone's really going to enjoy that um and so yeah so the next part, like we figured out the hard stuff up front, then figuring out your ingredients and your recipes and doing lots of test runs. I made them like um, just a smaller size cake of like what I was thinking just for them to taste. And then that was really fun. They enjoyed it. So there was like a lot of feedback back and forth. Um, and then when it came down to planning for wedding day, I was like, okay, they want a three-tiered cake. And so my next thing was to figure out how to do that. And so I made a three-tiered cake. Um, and that was a really fun process trying to figure out too. There's a lot of like structure that you have to think about. Um, you have to think about the temperature of things too. Like, where's this cake going to be? Is it air conditioned place? Because that is vital. Because um, if you put a cake outside in the middle of summer, which it was in the middle of summer, it's just going to melt and fall. And so it was cool to get to experience all that and figure it out. It was stressful at times. You know, it's, it's a big um, responsibility to bake for someone's wedding. And so, um, overall I really enjoyed it though. Once we just got down to the day of it, I kind of had a schedule of like, this has to be done by this day and this day and this day. And we put it all together with it being the middle of summer and having to go across town is like an hour drive to their reception area. I was like, how am I going to keep this cool in the, in the car and how am I going to keep it stable in the car? So my husband was really helpful. He rigged together like this styrofoam ice chest. He cut a hole in it. He put dry ice in it and put a fan on it. So like it was blowing in and then he put another like aggregate hole on the other side. So basically he created like an <laughs> air conditioner for the back of my car. Or, and so like, it was great. Everything had a spot. It was a place and it was like locked down. And then he had like this extra air conditioner going, got there. Everything was perfect. That was probably the slowest I've ever driven ever. <laughs> it was just watching out for every pothole. You don't want anything to bump. But then once you got to the venue, that's kind of when I put the cake together. I had like the three layers separate and then it was able to stack them there. And it turned out wonderful. It was a beautiful wedding. Yeah, it was a really fun experience. Okay, I have so much. There's so much to unpack here. But the first thing I'm thinking is you're so um, this is when it's you're really in a good place of having an engineer husband yes. who just yes. like built you this like refrigerated air conditioning for your yes. cake. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah. engineering and baking do, do, go, do go together. They yes, do. do go yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> Take out my earlier statement about that. <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. I'm just picturing this like he's basically he's turning the back of your car into a refrigerated van. But <laughs> it was I mean, the coldest ride I've ever had. Like it was so cold in there. But 
it was perfect. It was like a hundred degrees outside and I'm like freezing on the way over. <laughs> cakes were happy. I actually had a bunch of cupcakes too. They made it. It was perfect. That yeah. is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, another thing I thought that was really funny that you said was that the hard part of doing the dairy-free, gluten-free cake for this wedding was not the baking part. <laughs> But the logistics beforehand, because you're like, because then once the hard part was over, then I went and did this and I'm just cracking up because um, I don't know that I would think that that was the hard part. Yeah. In that situation, especially like as somebody who was like new to gluten-free, dairy-free baking. But again, you're using those engineering tactics and your trial and error, all those little pieces, um, finding the right butter, like figuring out that it was even available at your at a store and then utilizing it it's like it's amazing all those little pieces yeah yeah there's a lot to think about that goes into a into a big event that you're making for like yeah do you have any other um interesting baking stories to tell us i really i really enjoyed the back of your car getting turned (laughs) into a refrigerated truck (laughs) (laughs) So another wedding that I did, the first wedding, it wasn't a cake, but it was, I made favors for them and they wanted pie pops. And so that was really fun. I did like just a couple of different flavors, small pies, and they're kind of like on a popsicle stick. So it's a pie pop. It's really cute. But the logistical thing about that one was that I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and my friend's wedding was in Memphis, Tennessee. And so I was like, okay. How are we going to figure this out? I need to bake these things. I need them to be fresh. And then I need to get them to Memphis. And um, we were attending the wedding. So that was a plus. I didn't have to worry about trying to ship things because that would just immediately say, no, I just wouldn't be able to do this. But so I was up because I wanted these to be like as fresh as possible. So I was up like the night before we flew out, finishing them up and making them. So I've been baking like all day and then I got to the packaging part and this kind of like part of baking that you didn't really like think about on the front end is like when you think of when I think of baking, I think of like in the kitchen, I'm making it, I have a finished product and I'm done. Mm. But if you're doing this for an event, there's a lot of packaging that kind of like goes into it. And so I was like individually wrapping these in these little plastic baggies and then tighten them up with like a little note on it. And it takes a lot of time to tie up like 150 pie pops. And so again, I've got my awesome husband in with me. He's just sitting there at the table at 1 a.m. And then now it's 2 a.m. And finally he was like, look here, I'm done. I got to go to bed. I was like, you're awesome, go. I just got a few more as I finished it up. We get up early the next day to fly over. And then these pipe ops are literally my carry-on on the airplane. So I'm like trekking these through the airport. I've got them like in a box, all packaged up. I'm like, okay, what is it going to be like? getting through like the security line like how is this gonna go <laughs> like I'm just gonna carry these up here and I'm just praying that they don't make me unpackage everything and dig through them and mess them up thankfully got through with no issues I think the TSA agent said like okay this is the first um <laughs> different things but this is the first um and I just carried him through the airport, had him in the flight. I don't remember. I think I probably stuck them like, they don't let you hold stuff in your lap, especially at the beginning. I think I stuck them like under the seat in front of me because uh, thankfully they fit there. <laughs> but yeah, so those pie pops were my carry-on. They were just, then we got to the airport. We like flew into Nashville and had to drive to Memphis. For some reason, our flights were like that. So I got our rental car, tuck them in the back seat. So yeah, I've had some interesting stories of just like, transporting these baked goods for sure to like get to the events but 
it came out beautiful. They had like this really cool stand where everything was just kind of the pipe pops were hanging around it. And um, it was really fun. And they were delicious. I That was a while ago, but those were so good. <laughs> well, then maybe you should revisit those. Maybe I should. <laughs> um, my mom has like seven or eight blueberry bushes in her backyard. And so she was flying to visit me and brought a pretty large like Tupperware container full of blueberries through TSA and she said they gave her a really hard time about it so I was really oh, curious yes. what they were gonna what you were gonna say that they told you um yeah. the blueberries did make it to my house but it was not after it was you know it was after some you know like conversations <laughs> with TSA so yeah thankfully I didn't have any issues um that that would have broken my heart that would have yeah. been really hard if I did yeah <laughs> I'm curious if there's anything you've done a lot of different recipes for our blog. Uh, is there anything that you really don't like to bake? See, so for me, it's all about the cleanup afterward. Like that's kind of how I weigh the pros and cons. It's like, how messy is this going to be? Like, is it really going to be worth it? Um, and so like, if I am going to have to bake a whole cake in one day, I'm just not going to look forward to that. There's a lot of like cleanup involved and like you've got your cake batter and all of like the kitchen tools you've had to make that you've got your cake pan then you're making icy like that's just a lot of cleanup washing the same things over and over again and just kind of like make some mess in the kitchen so I've kind of like when I do cakes I spread them out over like a couple days mm -hmm. first I'll make the icing um like on day one and then I can stick it in the freezer and it's totally fine until like day three or four, whenever I'm going to put it together. The next day I'll bake the cake layers. And then once they're cooled, I'll wrap them in like plastic wrap and put them in the fridge or the freezer if it's going to be a couple of days. Um, but they will stay fresh and delicious as long as you have them wrapped well and stick them in there. And so then I have on like on day one, I've got one set of cleanup, day two, another set of cleanup. And then on like assembly day, I'm just taking out the things I've already made and putting it together. So that makes it a little bit easier for me. So if I'm doing all that in one day, I'm not going to be looking forward to it. I'm not really going to want to do it. So I kind of just have to like think about those things ahead of time and plan it out. So yeah, I think a lot of it is the complexity of the things too. And just considering like how much time do I have um, with little ones running around and so like, if it's a really complex recipe, I'm not going to be very excited about it. I don't think I have like one type of food that I'm just like, no, I will not do this. But it's for me, it comes down to the cleanup and how much work is going to be involved afterwards. I mean, let's be real. That's so relatable. Like yeah. everybody <laughs> listening to this one, that's a great tip, like to, to stagger it. Like I would never consider doing that because I'm just not an experienced baker. And so I wouldn't know that wrapping a cake and freezing it or... Like, I wouldn't even think to do the frosting a couple of days ahead of time. But if I'm, I mean, I'm not baking professionally by any means, yeah. but if I'm ever going to make my kid a birthday cake or a friend a birthday cake, like thinking through staggering it to help alleviate some yeah. of that, um, it's a, it's a brilliant tip. Um, but also it's super relatable that people, I mean, people don't, I mean, I don't like to clean up the kitchen. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it definitely has been a game changer for me too, especially if you're like, planning say your kid's birthday party like there's a lot that goes into it besides hey I want to make my own birthday cake here there's like a lot of other prep and so that would just be way overwhelming if you're like all right the day before I have to make a cake and get all these other ingredients and like make dinner and do decorations and presents so it's an easy way to like spread out one thing 
um, and just make it a little bit less stressful and more manageable to do. Yeah. So on the flip side of things you don't like to bake, what is your favorite thing to bake? Oh, okay. So I really love macarons. Those were one that really surprised me. I was scared of them for so long. I did a blog post for you guys um, maybe two years ago. And I have always enjoyed them, like finding them at bakeries and stuff. But I just had always been a little bit nervous to try them because I had always heard they're so difficult. So many things can go wrong. But then one of Brian's coworkers like had made some and brought them to work. And there was like one left at the end of the day. And Brian was like, I'm bringing this home for Anna to try. And it was the best macaron I ever had. And I had had so many from so many different bakeries. I was like, someone made this at their house. That means I can do it too. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, Brian, you need to talk to your coworker. Get me this recipe. I would love that. And so you guys have that recipe now. It is shared on your blog. Everybody go check it out. It's so good. And it's so much more achievable than I thought it would be. And so those are really fun to do. Um, just because they're a little bit different from your normal like cake or cookies. And they're just, they're just delicious. Aside from that, probably I'm going to go back to just whatever is easier. Like if I'm baking for um, like a group of people or like someone's coming over for dinner, then I'm just going to love to bake something that's very simple and delicious and has an easy cleanup. And there's a few recipes that fit into that category for me. Like I have some brownies. I've done them for you guys. They're on the blog as well. And they're just one bowl. You just have one bowl, simple ingredients. Flour, sugar, chocolate, eggs, butter, chocolate chips. Stir it up, put it in the pan, bake it, and it's done. And you just have one bowl to clean up. It's so nice. Um, and so that's perfect. Like if you have someone coming over for dinner or you just want to have something to take over to a friend's house. I also love doing like a cookie cake. That way you don't have to like portion out individual cookies. You bake it all in one shot. Um, you can put frosting on if you want to, or you can just leave it. Um, so I like the simple things um, that also taste delicious. So yeah, I think that'll be my answer. This is really, um, I love cookie cake, but now I'm gluten-free and so I've not, I haven't had a cookie cake in like five years. So would you make me a recipe? Um, <laughs> I yes, love cookie Riley. cake and you talking about that. I'm like, oh man, I love cookie cake, but I can't ever have it. So yeah. For you, I will figure it out. Oh, I definitely will. <laughs> Thank you. You're so um, welcome. <laughs> so what about flavors? What are your favorite flavors? Is it seasonal that you kind of just like gravitate towards? Or do you have like a number one flavor profile that you like? Um, sometimes I'll go seasonal, but all the time. Number one, for me, it's going to be chocolate. I just <laughs> love chocolate. Like, it's hard to go wrong with chocolate. I know there are some people, my brother doesn't like chocolate. I'm just like, I don't know how you would like this way. Um, but me, I'm always going to go for chocolate. A close second would be caramel. Mm. I want to do some more with caramel. Like I've never made my own caramels. I think that could be kind of fun. But yeah, I, I just love chocolate. Always chocolate. And then <laughs> caramel. I am kind of wanting to branch out on different flavors in my cakes and stuff. Like it's fun to do different like fruit fillings and stuff in there. And I've done, I did like a raspberry one with a friend recently and that was pretty delicious. It was like a raspberry lemon cake and mm. they had like this raspberry compote filling and that was really good. So I am kind of wanting to start to branch out with some more flavors. Um, just 
broaden my resume a little bit there. What What about you, Ronnie? Are you a chocolate person or do you have a number one flavor? I'm totally a chocolate person. Okay. I can still remember. <laughs> Love it. Okay, for my, I have two chocolate cakes that I will remember for the rest of my life, I think. One of them was the chocolate cake that my mom made me for my 16th birthday. It was just an out-of-the-box cake, but I think she did one of those things where, she, you know, she messed around with the added ingredients. Like, she didn't quite follow the box. She did, you know, like, the extra egg or the extra oil or whatever the things are that, like, elevate the box cake. It was so good. It was – she even admits that it was, like, the best cake she ever made. And then we used to have this dessert place here in town that was called the Chocolate Cafe. And they had this, like, it was called, like, the ultimate chocolate cake or something like that. And it was, like, a three, like, I think it was, like, three-layer chocolate cake. And it was, like, chocolate on chocolate kind of a cake. And I think I got it one day when it was, like, they had just made it. So I got, like, the freshest Mm. slice of chocolate cake. And it was so, so good. And, I mean, it's, like, it was, like, a giant piece of cake, too. So, like, you could hardly eat one piece of cake in one sitting, but... It was amazing. It was so good. And I will never forget those pieces of cake in my life. <laughs> I, I think nostalgia it. tastes better than anything else. Like there's like yeah. these, like desserts of your memory are never like if you had, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Desserts of your, of, in your memory are like, they always taste better. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. What's your favorite, Riley? Oh, definitely chocolate. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was, I grew, That's I what I was up, thinking. Yeah. yeah. I've had that chocolate cake at the chocolate cafe. It's closed now, but yeah. that's a bummer because oh, that was the best cake ever. Um, but I grew up in a very chocolate household. We were not a fruity family, <laughs> like fruity, like we ate like fresh fruit, but not a lot of like pies or anything like that at all. Like we were definitely chocolate. And so I married this guy who grew up in a very fruit, like filling, like fruit, whatever, fruit pancakes, fruity. I mean like chocolate or not chocolate, um, like orange cinnamon rolls or like something like that. Like, mm fruit flavors in everything. And so I've had to kind of evolve a little bit because he loves pies, like fruit filled pies and he loves fruit flavored desserts. Um, but chocolate's still uh, number one for me. So, <laughs> so you're in good company, Anna. <laughs> My husband also like prefers pie. Uh, I think the only cake that he might prefer more than pie is the chantilly cream cake that you can get from Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite, quite delicious. Um, but yeah, otherwise I'm like, why would you choose pie over cake? That's nonsensical to me. <laughs> why would you choose fruit over chocolate? Like yeah. that's that's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you're in good company, Anna. We got chocolate across the board. If you're listening and you're a, a fruit flavored person, um, we still love you. So yeah. hopefully you still love us. <laughs> well, it's it feels funny because we just talked about um, you know, flavors you like, but we always end our podcasts on um, something, a recipe you've had recently that you really loved. So for us, typically it's not dessert, but if it's a dessert recipe for you, please feel free to say that. But what's something you've had lately that just was amazing? Uh, Let me think. This is my most recent blog for you guys. And it was really, really fun to do. And it was so easy. I've talked about how I love easy. But just like it was really fun and like my kids and I, we had so much fun with it. We did like a um, charcuterie board, but dessert style. And so it kind of tied in like, I know we're talking about chocolate and fruit. Chocolate covered strawberries though are always like, Mm -hmm. they just have my heart. Like they're just, they're just so good. And so like, that's just like a simple pleasure for me right there. And so like, it was really fun to like tie in some things like that and get some favorites. And then like, 
even some store-bought stuff like goodness what are they called it's like the hershey's cookies and cream the white chocolate with like the oreos in it like some of those in there like we just like picked all of our favorite things and stuck them on a board to enjoy so that was just like a really fun one to have recently and it was just yeah the kids loved it as well i'm trying to think of another amazing one that i found i love to go to just different recipes like bakeries and try stuff out um but we're relatively new in town here and i haven't found like a good bakery yet so that's kind of my list to do. So, man, I might have to get to that back to you on that. Like, something, <laughs> something is really amazing that I've had here in town. It's, it was one of my favorite things to do in Charleston. And we just recently moved to Oklahoma. And so I haven't, like, gone out and ventured out and tried other people's stuff yet. It's funny because we just talked to, um, we just interviewed somebody else on the blog. And she was talking about how her kids, like, one of their go-to snacks is charcuterie boards. And they know exactly kind of like what they're allowed to put on it and they can kind of go build it themselves. I think her kids are a little older. Um, but it's fun. I think kids really love the like excess sometimes that a charcuterie board can like, I'm just thinking about if I got my kid involved in making a charcuterie board of desserts, um, oh, yes. <laughs> it would just be excess of sugar and like, but I mean, it's fun. I think kids like just like pile a bunch of things on the plate. And so yeah. it's fun that you said that that was one of your favorite things recently. Cause she yeah, just they- said that about her kids. Yes, they absolutely loved it. They're like, this is a dream come true right in front of my face. Like, what in the world? They're like, mom, how much can we have? Like, you just make a couple things and we'll save the rest for later. But yeah, it was just, it was a dream for them. It was fun. That's really fun. I think that's part of it too. It's just seeing the joy in like your kids too that they can can bring about. It's, Mm. it's It's a fun thing for me. That's great. I love it. Okay, we're going to link to your blog articles uh, at Plan to Eat. Um, but are there other places that people can connect with you online? Um, if you want to go check out my like old stuff, I do have a blog called The Little Blue Mixer. But I will just put a caveat. I have not updated it in years. So yeah, if you want to see any of my current things, please go to Plan to Eat blogs and just search for my name there. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at the little blue mixer and i post a little bit more frequently there excellent well thanks for joining us today it was awesome to chat with you and get to learn a little bit more about you because you've been writing a blog for us for i think three years now so it's cool yeah and it's it's been an absolute joy and just been so fun to just kind of stretch myself and make some new recipes for you guys and it's been an honor to work with y'all it's been really 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 fun We've loved it too. And we have a really exciting project coming up in December. So stay tuned for that. Um, we're going to partner with Anna on something a little bit um, bigger than normal. And so we're looking forward to that. And we can't wait to just continue to work with you. We think you're the best. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Plan to Eat podcast. We love hearing different approaches to food. And we hope that you enjoy hearing it too. We would love to invite you to find all the recipes mentioned on the Plan to Eat podcast um, in our podcast account on Plan to Eat. You can go to planty.com forward slash P-T-E pod. That's P-T-E-P-O-D. And the variety of recipes that you've heard about and the variety of eating types that we talk about, those can all be found in that account. Thanks again for listening. 